Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio talks about popcorn. <laughs> I have a mouthful of smart food white cheddar popcorn. Um, it's a breakfast champions, I believe. It really is. Get that out of the vending machine, there, bro. I did. You know what? I want to support the efforts of the great Ed Levine. And pay for another two drops of fuel in his Learjet. I don't think that's how the vending machine works. No? No. I don't I, think so. I think we pay rent to the guy who puts the vending machine in, and the vending machine guy makes the money. Yeah, because then they so came th- and took the credit card machine off, and everybody flipped, and there's a new credit card machine back on the vending machine. Oh, there are new credit cards? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Santa okay. came. So let me ask you something. No, None of the profit gets shared at all from Galaxy? No, There's no I think profit. We, I think you have to rent. I don't know. I think you have come to come on. Were you naive? The great one is. Are you kidding me? The guy's a master. He lures you in to a false sense of security. Well, he makes ten cents a bag. Come on, it's America. That's how we were founded. I think Somebody, he does it out of the kindness of his heart. <clears throat> You're a mean one, <laughs> Mr. Krebs. Um, some a long, long time ago. A bunch of guys decided to create these things called banks, uh-huh. and they wanted to have these places. And they told you that Sounds the am- fascinating that the, Never heard of these. that the American dream, Seth, was to own your own home. That you could take, for argument's sake, a hundred thousand dollar home that you couldn't afford, and this bank, this lovely facility, your neighborhood bank, trusted to hold your money and loan you with this thing called a mortgage. And they would allow you 30 years to pay back for this dream home. What you didn't realize is that you Sounds were, like a great deal. What you, were, what you didn't realize is you were going to pay $300,000 over 30 years for that $100,000 home. Now, let me ask you one quick question, Paulie Sibelia and Seth. How does the bank make money? Interest. Thank you. There's the answer from Seth. Paulie, how does the bank make money? Interest. You're both wrong. Oh. The bank could care about the interest. Was there the a, people the who bank, don't pay back their the mortgages? Ba- the bank does not care. No, that's not how they was, the f- was there a football game last night? So, let me tell you really quickly what happens. The bank Speaking writes of interest. Where's the bank? Anybody's interest. The, in the this? bank writes you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the bank owns the note on your home. They can invest in anything they want with that note. So while the bank claims that you owe $300,000 over 30 years, they have $300,000 worth of credit to take the note on your home and the signed loan that you're going to pay and go invest in anything they want. Times that by a million homes, and they've got all this money that they're investing, and they make all that money. You don't make any of it. So they use your note that you're going to pay. And invest that money 10, 15, 20 times over, over that 30 years. Isn't this why and, the whole thing crashed? And make Yes, because they made poor investments. So the answer at the end of the day is, whose American dream is it? 
It's is it an American dream to pay three times? What it you... actually crashed because they were giving the loans out to people that could not afford to pay them. Right, and so what happened is while they were making the investments on that money, the people they were making the investments on it said, "Hey, they're not paying back that loan, so you don't have the money to back it up anymore with what you've been doing with the deed on the house." There you go. So Clemson, <laughs> let's get right back to it, shall we? Clemson national champions. Uh, here's my takeaways from the game. First of all, to open up with the pick six, I thought that was a really bad sign. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was, it looked in the first quarter like it was going to be a track meet. And I was I was game for that, a 55-51, you know, it was like some crazy game. Uh, but I think what it came down to for me wasn't that necessarily um, Dabo outcoached Nick Saban, but it seemed to me that they outgame planned them. Their 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 plan going. It wasn't like an on the field decision making play calling thing. I think more importantly, they were ready. Boy, Clemson looked really aggressive and really hungry in this game. They did. They they really did. They seemed to be much more prepared and ready to play this game than Alabama was. I, I find that difficult to think that would be the reason because it's the national championship game. Yeah, if you're you, not going to get up for that, yeah, you got a serious mental issue. Well. You, <laughs> Jeez, why all the personal... It wasn't at you, it was at the Alabama people. You think that Alabama played at the same level where it was up as Clemson? That didn't look like it to me. I, I don't think that they went into the game at a lower level. I think they both went in and they got their ass handed to them. Yeah, I think that, I think that Clemson... I think that Clemson was better coached and and had a better game plan going in. I think and, they had a better game and plan. And I think, that, I think that their defensive coordinator had something that was kind of perfect and... They, you know, they had the perfect storm to to knock them off their mark. I don't think they, I don't think Alabama came out flat. I mean, they threw the pick six, but it was fourteen thirteen. You know, they they were winning sixteen to fourteen. Like there, there was a there's a point there where the game was really close, where you know it it could have been, you know, it could have been a shootout, a back and forth. And but sadly, you're talking wasn't. about the first five minutes. It right, fourteen thirteen. Well, yeah, it was fourteen. <laughs> they didn't come thir- out flat. No, and and then. Clemson ran off thirty straight points without you know without letting Alabama answered and well, Alabama that, got better as the uh, Clemson got better as the game went along. That's where where I'm going. So if we throw out the first five minutes, if we throw out the pick six and a couple of bombs and blah blah, you know, because those are few and far between against number one and two teams in games. You usually don't pull off sixty two yard back to back both teams' offenses bombs. You know that just doesn't happen against quality defenses. Clemson defensively. There's where I thought the game was won and lost. Clemson came out, and after that first five minutes at 14-13, which, by the way, we saw another kicker hit a goalpost. <laughs> Just amazing how much It happened twice in the game. It happened twice last night, yeah. I know, I know but in that, in, that's what made it 14-13. He missed another. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I haven't seen this. Doink ra- is going to be the word of the year in 2009. This rash of kickers, um, particularly with what happened in the Bears game. Uh, any, at any rate... Uh, Clemson really took one of the more prolific offenses in the last 10 years in college football and shut them down. Well, Clemson's always been a defensive team. They've The reason they've always made the playoff is because of their defense, and this year they just piled offense in the championship game on top right. of having the best defense in football. I mean, they've had good offenses. They've had better offenses the last couple of years than Alabama has had, you know, generally speaking, Man. whether it's whether it's Deshaun Watson leading. I mean, Deshaun yeah. Watson, that team had a better yeah. offense than, than what, you know, Alabama was putting out there. But uh, their defense has always been the calling card. And, and I thought what was really impressive was once they were up big already, that defensive line 
was so good and didn't let Alabama back into the game. Yeah. Like they, yeah, the the goal line situations, the short yardage situations when when they just like they they were just breaking through the line of scrimmage and there was just nothing there for Tua and the and the running backs. Like they that that unit that we all knew was really good all year long was really good in the biggest game. Well, a couple other things that, and I knew one of them would infuriate Paulie, so I'll bring it up. Um, so, does Syracuse being ranked number fifteen, considering we're the team that came the closest to beating the national champions, should we be ranked better? No, come on, we lost to Pitt. I know, but we no. Oh, I think they're in the right spot. Yeah. I thought they would be somewhere between ten and fifteen. They ended up at the back end of it. Shouldn't we be like nine because we came so close to beating? No. Oh darn it! I was trying to get them going. No, you trying get, to wind them up a little, Sethy. You are a little bit because it's you, they lost. Yeah. Circus yeah, yeah. lost to Pitt. Yeah, barn burner. They lost. Got to Notre smoked Dame. by Notre Pitt. Dame. Yeah, they got smoked by Notre Dame. There's our blemish. But I think Pitt, losing to Pitt's a worse blemish than getting smoked by Notre Dame. Pitt, yeah, a lot of people got smoked Pitt, by Notre Dame. Yeah. Listen, Notre Dame almost lost to Ball State, and Notre Dame almost lost to Pitt. It doesn't matter who you almost <laughs> lose to. Almost losing isn't a statistic. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. I, 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 it's actually that third column yes, on the standings. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's that in the back of your head, hey, so these they guys almost, aren't as good Syracuse as Syracuse almost beat Pitt. So is that a category two? Yeah, I like it. It's the way you want to look at uh, it. It's no, a perspective thing. It's a glass half empty or glass half full. So you're saying when you look at teams that run it up, you know, when you got Oklahoma beating Tulsa fifty nine to three and they're bummed that they made the field goal. Because you know that when you're playing non conference ball, it is part of it about RPI and all that nonsense. You gotta crush the other team. So it does help you to crush them. Just like it does help you in the eyes of the voters to look at it and say you know what? They came really close to winning that game. It was a barn burner, and they if, lost it. If Syracuse had beat Pittsburgh, they'd be a top ten team right now. Yeah, yeah, they would have absolutely. They would have absolutely. That loss alone, even though they won the coastal, Pittsburgh is oh, I, I think is a, a terrible loss. What are you saying? You, what are you saying? You want to fire Babers for losing the pick game? No, I just think it was oh. a terrible loss. Want to put it out there straight? They were up fourteen in well, the first five seconds of the yeah, game. Yeah, I mean and they that, blew it. that was just a horrible loss. That's lingering, and I, I think that the the Clemson game still lingers because if they don't lose that game, they're going to the ACC championship game. But they so, they did lose. No, so I know. here's so here was my my mantra this year when it came to Clemson. I've never been a gigantic Clemson fan. I, I don't not acknowledge their many accolades as a college football program, um, but I just never. I don't know why. I, I, you know, I I just never and and Dabo Sweeney is not one of my favorite college coaches. Now I have grown this year to like him more than I did. I disliked him before the season. Uh, then he pulled the number on Kelly, the quarterback, and decided to sit him down in his senior year. And I thought that was disloyal. I realize he's trying to do. I hear all the stuff. Andy just won a national. And, 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 they, and, they don't and, win and, this game and, with and, Kelly and, Bryant. And, and, yeah. Well, you don't know that they didn't play the game with Kelly Bryant. So you don't know that. You can't say that. But you can say I can. he sure looks like a like, like a genius with the kid that he put out there. Yeah. So I I, I don't say, think he I looks would like, say that they don't win the national championship without I, I, making I, that I, game. I, I, and I don't think you it was a to, genius move you, to put the better quarterback. You in. have to you have to play the game, Seth. You can't say that. So you oh well actually let me say that. We're you doing can talk say radio. Whatever, I'm you can say, say yeah, you can say whatever you want. But the fact of the matter is you have to play the game. So um, and they did with the quarterback he chose, and they throttled and Alabama. Looks, and so one of the things, and one of my takeaways also from the game, is I loved the fact 
that Sweeney always makes uh, a representation early on and has to say about his personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I love that he does that. A lot of coaches won't do that. A lot of professional athletes won't do that. I personally am a born again Christian. I'm not telling anyone what to be or anything, but I appreciate the fact that he talks, whatever your faith is, that he puts that out foremost in his discussion um, um, of, of, of victory that he uh, attributes a lot of it to his personal relationship with God. And I really admire that. And so hearing that was great. Um, again, this is my opinion, like Seth was saying, his opinion. So, uh, one of the, but the other thing that I notice every time, and I forget why I don't like to listen to him speak is because when he's put in a situation that he has the microphone in front of him, oh my God, he won't shut up. I mean, so suddenly he's going on and he's rambling on, he's rambling on. He's I think going he's on. fun. He, uh, he is fun. It's, uh, <sighs> I want him to stop. I like that Christian Wilkins gave him a wet willy on the podium last night. Do you like that? We, uh, that was hilarious, yes. Uh, after that scintillating sports talk, we had uh, we had a... Uh, Before Paulie charges, in, we go to break? <laughs> no. We had a lunch meeting yesterday. We did. We had an amazing lunch meeting. Are we going to discuss that uh, today? Because Neil is going to produce the show, and it's two hours Well, we long. have we have some concerns. We can talk about... Do we want to bring Neil in? And discuss that with Neil and move so what to three? Yes, because okay. I already have a concern with Neil about producing a two-hour talk show after today, the, after the show's already started. Okay, so uh, Seth, do you want to sit in and help yeah, us sure. critique? All right, so we're going to go to break. We're going to move so what, which is traditionally in segment number two. Uh, of course, Because we actually talk sports in the first segment. I'm okay with moving it this day. All right, you need to settle down, and with the negative vibe, we're going to a two. You just need to. You don't have to. What was negative about that? You don't have to critique constantly that we're not talking about sports. We're not going. I'm having a rough morning. I will chop your head off. I will chop. <laughs> that would be your good content. Right, Look, right, that, right. that would that's be great for the sports. show. Right. That'd be great think, for the so, show. So let me ask you a question. <laughs> what would stop you, unless his responsibility is too much, of having one of the most knowledgeable sports people in this place? To produce our show, then I have to Seth... fi- then I would have to fire Neil, and I don't want to do and, that. And I already host another show and produce another show, so well, we realize I'm kind of I'm kind of good. You're kind of good. He no interest. All right, yeah. I see. I see how it is. I'm gonna have to produce my own show. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, can you get more celebrities calling? By the way, can you show up at the ba- Donkey Kong basketball shoot around? By the way, can you show? Yeah, great. Can anyone pay me for any of this? I'm talking to the great one. I want to raise. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Ah. Welcome back to the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, uh, <laughs> was that? What was that? That was me doing my Daniel Baldwin impression. Ah. It sounded like you didn't know if you wanted to burp or if you ah. wanted to hold it in. Sorry. Yeah, it's the Daniel Baldwin Show. I'm dead. Welcome back. <laughs> I got two kids in there on a rain delay. It was ice delay, for God's sake. So, uh, yeah, if you'd like to download any of the shows here on ESPN Syracuse, you can do that. We tweet out those uh, links to you, so you follow ESPN Syracuse on Twitter. Go to our <laughs> website, ESPNSyracuse.com, or just subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play, ESPN Syracuse. Seth, do you remember, are you old enough to be um, remembering when Joe Montana stepped down? No, not old enough to know that. You remember that, Polly, right? 
Yes. Do you remember how it looked to see Joe Montana in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform? It was it was it's depressing. Yeah, it's like it was seeing Franco Harris in a Seahawks uniform. Right. It was like seeing Joe Namath in a Los Angeles Rams uniform. Now, decisions are made early in people's careers, in the middle of their career. Sometimes you take a superstar and trade them because of the attraction of the money and maybe draft picks or another player that's up and coming. It happens. On the show now, joining us. <laughs> Is our Antonio Brown. Is our Antonio Brown, who who comes to me in the hallway now and says, why are you saying that? Why are you saying Seth replacing me? I'm like, man, I, my loyalty to you is undying. I was laughing. But I, I, have to, I have to do what's necessary for the show. Now, what was your, what was your, why is he on the blocks now again? Today? So January 16th, right? Is that the date we're doing it? We're going two hours with this. No, you this. keep saying that, and you're going to put that in your head. It's the 15th. Alec isn't here. The 14th, 15th, gone on the 16th. He can only do the 15th. You have to get back from do or wherever the hell you are. I might have to do it from my hotel room. What uh, do you mean? So you can't do that. The 15th is this show is going two hours. That's right. Awesome. And, and we, need, uh, we need a producer of the show. So we had sat down yesterday. We had a meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the beautiful and prestigious Century Club. Where uh, I was the youngest person by 30 years. You say that about the Century Club because... You're not that, 30 years younger than Daniel. That's right. It's very true. Um, and, and and so, oh, thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> thank you for just taking a huge dump on a joke, you loser. Um, well, there's a power producer comment if I've ever heard one on the air. What a... Um, uh, so, so, so the point was... Uh, uh, about the Century Club is it? It is one of the more the most prestigious and by far the best food in all of Syracuse by far. Um, Paulie, of course, ordered a hamburger. You ordered chili. What the hell do you want? I ordered, chi- the- I ordered chili to warm me up with a French pastrami wrap, which is what I had. So actually. you ordered a sandwich and I ordered a hamburger. We had lunch. Well, I realized what I, I didn't I, realize I was being I, judged. I ate at the level that I was at, um, and we and, and discussions came up about and this was what the meeting was about about the show going to a two-hour, which is a significant difference to go to two hours, twice as much time, material, Definitely. segments, everything. So, Paulie, you have come in today saying you have some... We talked about you being the producer of the show, Farce. Yeah, we spent a half hour talking about you producing this show, and we needed to be produced. And something happened today. I, I walk in, and just off the top of your head, Neil, what would probably be the most important thing to have waiting for us today when you came in on the... Day after the national championship. Audio and articles? Yes. We didn't have any audio. So, like, this moving forward, I'm not mad. No, I know. We I, just, like, on days when we have the national championship. sound like a disappointed dad. <laughs> I'm not, not mad. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I was late today. So that That's, is why. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I was late. I, I'm, I'm your just boss. Saying. Here's just another thing. I'm your boss. I know, it's I, only, I know it's only pot, but it starts there. <laughs> I'm your boss, and I had no idea you were late today. Uh huh. You shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> Which is, a, but another reason why. So, so let me take you through. Let me take you through production lane. Um, if you're to produce this two-hour show, do, are you going to be taking work? How do you see that? Would you take the work home with you and? and get it ready at night before you got here? Are you going to get here earlier and get it ready? Because now we're doing two hours, so we've got uh, eight segments to produce. Yeah, I would, do it. I would do it when I get here in the morning. Okay, and so what time are you going to get here? You're going to get here an hour before we go on an air and produce the whole show? Yeah. 
get everything ready an hour before. Here, here's something I explain to people about radio that they don't know. Radio is a 24-hour-a-day job. We don't get paid for it 24 hours a day, but you're always working. Every Very part true. of your life is part of radio. Your bit, your if you watch a game and something funny happens, it's part of the radio show. If the game just happens, it's part of the radio show. If you're walking down the street and someone spray splashes you with water with their car, it's part of the radio show. Everything that happens in your life should be part of an open angle game. Of, yeah, should be part. Everything you should, everything that happens in your life, you should be thinking of how this could work on the radio. All right, does that help you at all? Mm-hmm. And that's how you should go through okay. producing a radio show. So you have some concerns. Not concerns, it's just it's time to it's time for Neil to step up and start producing the radio show, like a producer and not just So what does that mean? Let's be specific with him. What do you booking want interviews? To so you're going to book people to be on the show. We're going to have one guest a day. You're going to call them and you're going to say So he has to do that ahead of time. He can't call that morning. Yeah, yeah no, but yeah. So, so after the show wraps for argument's sake today, you would start to call the people that we want to do the show the following day. Okay. And, you'll, and you'll book them. Ideally, last night would have been on Friday him calling someone from, from Clemson. Clemson or Alabama yeah. and have him lined up. Where you'd be like, ah, I agree. Hi, I'm Neil, and uh, we do a talk show at Syracuse, and I would like to have you on. Now, let, let me help you with this. Hi, I'm Neil, and I produce an ESPN talk show. You don't have to say what market it's in or anything, because if you just say ESPN, it sounds much bigger and more prestigious well, yeah, I know, but he tell them Syracuse. It's just a sense that we're going to have a guest a day. I'm trying to make it happen. A guest a day. All right, so let me ask you now, Neil, two hours, and you're going to be spreading your wings and everything. Is that a bit of a tall order to have him walk into in just a week? Or, or I'm just enter- entertaining this idea to start, would it be good to have him and Nick maybe take a few segments each? And do the and do the. No, I want Neil to do it. It's Neil's job. Neil is producing the Daniel Baldwin show. Thank you. He's earned it. Mm. Nicky Kneecaps will be his assistant. I'd like to give Nick at least a segment to produce himself. Okay. One segment. Well, there will be times because I have explained this. I have a if it gets extended two hours, I I'm gonna have a class. There's gonna be some days where I'll have to leave early. So he'll be able to do that. Okay. What does that wait, 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 wait. The outcome of my show is not going to be determined with his college schedule. That's not gonna happen. It's not so, gonna affect sh- sh- it. Excuse me. So <laughs> what does uh, define that for me so I understand it? There'll be days so you have a fixed schedule at school, correct? Yeah. There's okay. all the okay. thing is with this semester. Sh- 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 wait. You have a fixed schedule at school. What days will be affected, because you know your schedule, don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what specifically days are going to be affected? What days do you have a conflict? I think the class is Tuesday, Thursday. I think that's the class. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 40% of the time you're here at the radio station, your schedule conflict. What does that mean? You What time is the class? Uh, 12.30. 12.30. So how does that conflict with what you're doing here? No, I'll just have to leave a little early. You have to from, leave here before, oh, I see, because the show will go to 12, yeah. and you can't physically make it there in a half hour? No. I'll, I'll, I'll have to leave a little early, because it okay. takes me about 35, 45 to get back to Auburn, depending mm-hmm. on traffic. It'll work out. No, I know. I've, and I talk, I talk to Paulie about this. Everything will work out. I've got this under control. You do. <laughs> Does take, that make you feel any safer, Seth, that Paulie claims to have it under control? I've... <laughs> well, let's take a Look, break. Most of the time, when Paulie has stuff under control, it gets done. So, Paulie has done. his life under control. Look at him. 
let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll do so what. Neil and Nikki will read their stories, and uh, this, it'll be fascinating. This is Neil's favorite. This is Neil's favorite. Barged out. I know. Where did he go? I'm so excited. It's time for. Uh, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't. Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. <laughs> you understand the me? Daniel Baldwin show. So what? Brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub. They invite you to stop out for great food, fantastic music, and an electric atmosphere. You can watch SU basketball and NFL playoffs on all of their big screen TVs. Hey now, let's start with uh, uh, we're doing we're doing the Battle Cat style. Are you playing, uh, Sethy? Yeah, definitely. All right, beautiful. So, Forrest, go ahead and read us your first solo. <laughs> yes, you know, there's a, a mute button. Yeah, no, I know. So that, that doesn't happen. I know. Okay. Yesterday, the NFL officially changed Cody Parkey's 43-yard missed field goal to a block by Tra- Trayvon Hester. They're saying that it's a block. It now. was. They yeah, officially it's changed. So it. It, it's still missed. Like, so what? what get what's the it ball matter? up in but the it's air. Not, what's it matter? It's not his fault. Get, uh, that he didn't get it above a lineman's hand. To win, uh, that's yeah, the yes, that's his fault. It's the no, it's his fault. fault. You should be able to pick the ball up so that a lineman, unless he's Ed Too Tall Jones or disproportionately tall, can block the field. How about ball. your offensive lineman block the guy properly? How about the guy six two and he blocked your field goal? Get it up, homeboy. That's something you're used to hearing, Paulie. Listen, get it up. Okay. Is he factually six foot two? Or did you just make that up? It sounded really good, didn't it? You made that stand up. I totally made it up. That's a first first on this show. (laughs) Listen, I I used to do uh, a show with a friend of mine, um, and it was a talk show. And he would turn around and he'd go, you don't understand, 79%. And it rolled off his tongue like such a, a what do they call it, a, a, a silver devil. You know, he, would, he would come in and I'd go, I go after I go, wow, that's a lot, 79%. And he goes, yeah, no, I don't know what it really is. But, but he would say it, it would come out, and I believed it. It's about the delivery. Guy's 6'2". Sound confident. You're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get in there. Caps, what do you got? I got Enos Cantor to miss Nick's London trip for fear of assassination. <laughs> Wow. True, he thinks Turkey's a... This is such a great headline. Turkey is going to murder him. Yeah. That, that is there, is wouldn't be more, the first time. Is there more details about well, why he's, he's been There's like an there. arrest warrant out for him. He uh, speaks he's, out against the government. Yeah. is that his name? They're, Erdogan. Erdogan, whatever yeah. his name is. He speaks out against the president, and people who typically speak out against the Turkish <coughs> president end up uh, disappearing. Yeah, it doesn't go well for you. No. I, I can't say I blame him then. You know that he doesn't want to go on this. Yeah, he doesn't feel safe, and he's got a uh, Hedo Turkoglu, former NBA player. He's got Hedo Turkoglu speaking out uh, against him because he he now works for the president of Turkey, and so he's like, "No, he's good. He can go travel." And Cantor yesterday was like, "No, are you crazy?" Do you have the? Uh, can we add into our things? Can you look something up for me right now? Can you look up the uh, the opening, the cold opening of the show Ironside? Can you, can you please find that for me? You'll know why in just a second. Opening for the show, Ironside. Play it. Play yeah, it okay, for yeah, yeah, I will. You just got to wait because there's Cause ads go, and stuff. Here it is. Ready? Look. Oh. Yes. That's exactly what Ian Scanter expects to happen. You missed it. Missed I know. It. He got shot. I've shot. seen Ironside you hear before. It. I want that. I want to be able to pull that up when we need it. For people that we need, put it on the button bar. Is there going Not to be a lot of assassination talk on this show? <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you, 
that sometimes covert operations have to take place. Black operations have to take place. So when Gump just vanishes from the show one day? (laughs) (laughs) All right, what do you got, Gump? That's a cool story. I like it. Before the national championship game last night, an anonymous NFL executive said that Trevor Lawrence can make throws that a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL cannot make. I want him quarterbacking the Giants week one next year. I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm only a little kidding. Captain Obvious. Like yes. everybody knew that, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, but, but that brings something um, interesting to the show, which was not the so what, but uh, Seth's comment. So, Seth, you're a Giant fan. You and I, I both am. Giant fans. Yeah. Okay. So, how do you see this going out when it comes to Eli? Is, is this last? This, this is has to be his last year. I mean, I is think it, so. Is it his swan song? No, I and, think he he should have had it already. Or do you think he comes in, starts, and then says, "I'm retiring"? No, I mean, like I think he should be done. I think I think I, he should I, retire now. I, I, they don't have an option. I, 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 no, I, I know. I, I realize that, but most players. At least come out right. for game one, start mm, the game, or whatever. Not really. Do you think he's never quarterbacking again? Or do you think he's going to quarterback the Giants next year? I think there's a better chance that he never quarterbacks again than he does come and play one game. I think know. he's the quarterback of the New York Giants all season next yes. year and he retires. Yeah, I mean, because at, at this point, there's no good option. Like, there's there's maybe one quarterback in the draft that you look at and say, is, is decent Flacco? enough to start, but, but like, do you want Joe Flacco or Nick Foles? Like, yeah. what's what's the difference between Joe Flacco, Nick Foles, and Eli Manning? Oh, I would take I would take Nick Foles over Eli Manning right now. Not not Eli in his prime, but Nick Foles is 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 seven years younger than him. And again, look what he just did—a second year in a row with Philadelphia, with not as good a team in Philadelphia. Yeah, and if and if well, no, the team in Philadelphia is better than the one <laughs> that the Giants have. Well, but, no, 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 not as good as the season oh, before. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I'm, also think that if Nick Foles plays sixteen games, he's going to turn into Nick Foles. Like if he had to play a whole year, he wouldn't yeah. be that good. Yeah, really, you think that? Yeah. I mean, look what's happened the last time okay, he but, left okay, the Eagles. Okay, but 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 remember something. He quarterbacked before this run he had last season and won eight out of ten games with Philadelphia. Then Wentz came, then Wentz went out, and he quarterbacked him through the end of the season, five games, and quarterbacked them into the playoffs into Super Bowl MVP. Now he's coming. So I don't know about that, man. The guy's winning percentage is like 94. It's, like, it's not just what he did in that run last year or what he just did. He was eight and two. Before that. So I don't know if you can say that. I, I mean, think Frank Reich had a lot to do with it, too. What's it, What's his overall record as a starter? What's Nick Foles' He's overall record? He's 26-18. and 18. That's not bad, man. Pretty good percentage. But going back to Lawrence being pretty good. Yeah. He put the football last night in places where only his receivers could catch them. He did. And his receivers made some of the most amazing catches I've ever seen. Yeah. They're going to be really good for a and, long time. And their top receiver is a freshman. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's not fair. Go ahead, uh, Nikki Kneecaps. Um, I got... Where were we? Oh, yeah. It's number two. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Rose apologizes for telling his daughters to kill themselves. Who, what? Derek Rose. Yesterday, he told people to kill themselves if they didn't believe. Oh, there's that an he uplifting could story next. Be <laughs> I like going into it. He no. told his daughters? No. Doubters. Doubters. Oh, doubters. Okay. I was going to say, Jesus. He said, he said, if you don't think you that, that I can. Again? I he said, if you don't think. Please play that music. 
I'm not. So I'm not the only one that who thought he said he told his daughters. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. That Play was... it again. Play it. Yes. I want to hear the gunshot. Here it comes. Paralyzes him in the show. Ready? There it is. Okay, next. This show seems about ready for a reboot, mm-hmm. right? Is that is that of that era? It's gonna no, get rebooted. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. yeah, it's about it's ready for a reboot. Daniel Joe Baldwin Sutton. is a iron cell, iron side. <laughs> yeah, iron ass. During the halftime show, Twitter had a field day with the way Little Wayne not not only accusing him for lip syncing. I mean, lip syncing. Oh my God! Between you two reading these stories, I'm gonna jump off a building. <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> but they were roasting him for his ridiculous outfit that drew comparisons to the Hamburglar, Willy Wonka, <laughs> and the Pigeon Lady from Home Alone. He, yeah, yeah, I see it. Uh, so is this something that, that he did at the halftime? I didn't watch the halftime show. people didn't like that they had the Imagine Dragons. <coughs> they brought him in to make it better, and he just made it more worse than it more already was. More worse than, yes. More worse. <laughs> <laughs> Getting dumber from this segment. <laughs> Can't handle it. Uh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the halftime show. Has, I totally missed it. It has a George Clinton look to it. Yes, doesn't that's it? what I. That was the. It's if that bothers you, who cares? Get over yourself. He yeah. looks like George Clinton. No, but I could see how the internet. I, I can see how that becomes a joke on the internet. Yes. though. that's very easy. Yes, well, he's got old lady. He's got Liberace sunglasses that are hysterical. Like when like you come out, Elton John times a thousand, and. Sometimes I know, and I'm not saying Janet Jackson or Madonna or any, but so, or Britney Spears, but some of the entertainers that do just unbelievable amounts of dancing and running and, and, and acrobatics on the stage to, to produce one of these big shows, they're almost forced to have to try to lip sync because, you know, while they're recording in a recording studio to give you the sound quality that you're getting, they're not doing calisthenics, you know I mean? So... But if you're not good at lip syncing, if you can't knock this thing down, don't try to do it because the worst thing you can let your audience know is that you're not really singing. I mean, you should be able to, it's an art and you should be able to practice it really well and, and hit your cues. And blah. When someone is lip syncing and you're in the audience and you realize that that voice you're hearing is not really coming out of the person, if you feel like you're getting ripped off. You do, especially in a. I've seen people do it in a concert where yeah. there's. I've had friends of mine that are super famous singers, and they've had to lip sync because they were they they could they didn't want to cancel the show and they were that sick. I've uh, I threw my Millie Vanilli tapes out. Um, you threw out Millie Vanilli? Oh, yeah, I, I was I, outraged. I, you were outraged. Really? I want to. I just want to throw out that uh, Ironside has already been rebooted and it lasted a season. All right, who Nick played Hitler. him? Who played him? Uh, Blair Underwood. Well, that's why, because Blair Underwood played. All right, come on, we gotta hurry up. All right, uh, in Tokyo, a 612-pound bluefin tuna sold for around three, 333.6 million yen, which translates to three million dollars in U.S. For one fish. For a fish. Oh man, listen, I want, I, I want just one order of that sushi. I want just one order of that three million dollar fish sushi. We'll be right back after this <laughs> segment. <laughs> This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, did you miss any of this gem? You can download it on <laughs> ESPNSyracuse.com or go to uh, ESPN Syracuse on iTunes in the podcast app. That's how I get it. 
The Daniel Baldwin Show is sent right to my phone every day because I have subscribed to ESPN Syracuse. I also get Brent Axe, Orange Subscribe, Nation. Subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun yes. stuff. You know, if I can't sleep at night, I put Seth Goldberg on. Oh, thank you. It puts terrifying. me right to bed, the podcast of Orange Nation. You know what's, a, what's an odd thing? And I haven't done this with Seth, I don't think. Have I ever called into your show? Yes. One time, right? One time early. Yeah, early. Yeah, because... Um, like I would hear something going on or on Axe or whatever, and and Seth, I remember I did call one time with Infante, and and they put me right. Hey, what's going on? Like if I heard Seth called into the show, I would immediately. What's up? You know, like do comment. I call into other shows at the station. I'm on hold for for ten minutes. I'm Brent on leaves everybody on hold for because, ten minutes. Don't because, take it personally. Because, because taking the call from Frankie Abercrombie in Utica is more important than taking the call from me. To try to spice it up, throw some name value onto the show, and and render an opinion. Not that I don't get on the show, but I just I, I don't understand radio. I don't. The caller is way more important. Way more important. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then you're right. I don't understand. Like the if call. a caller called now, I would supersede you talking with the caller. The caller is the the star of the show in talk radio. That's how it works. But I am They're a character. But I am a caller if I'm calling in. No, you're another host on the station who's calling in. But I'm a caller. I'm calling. I'm listening to your show. I'm interacting with you by picking up my cell phone and calling you from the freeway to tell you that I have an opinion about or something that's bothering me or whatever. Yes, I'm a caller by well, definition. Give him a fake name next time. You'll get right to the this front of the line. This is Hugo Von Schlick. <laughs> yeah. Hugo right. Von Schlick on line two. Back at you tomorrow.